0: Welcome, everyone, to Bills by the Numbers. We're presented by FanDuel. Download the app and make every moment more. Coming up, ESPN's Football Power Index is out. Where do the Bills rank? And is it accurate? We discuss what do we believe is better about the Bills this season? We lay them out in these three things. And Dalton Kincaid is the subject of our one burning question. Someone ring the bell! Glad you could join us for this training camp edition of Bills by the Numbers. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker, Bills Insider Chris Brown with you as always. And with training camp well underway, we begin to cast an eye toward the 2023 advanced analytics for the NFL season. And among our favorites is ESPN.com's Football Power Index, an advanced metrics look at the teams deemed to be the best equipped for success Heading into the fall campaign. Topping the list to no one's surprise are the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. They have a net strength of 6.4. Right behind them are the Buffalo Bills. Ranked second with a net strength score of 5.6. Despite all the off-season talk crowning other AFC clubs like the Jets or in the NFC like the Eagles. It's the Bills who sit right behind the defending
1: champs. Are you Surprised? I am not. I am not. And I, please tell <clears> me why. <laughs> they, the Bills have bolstered their roster. They 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 pay. They have learned, and every year they pay close attention to the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Uh, this year, their offensive line is actually better and younger than it was a year ago, and bigger. Um, during the early part of camp, where the defense is always a little bit ahead of the offense, but. Um, uh, don't worry when you get these reports about how the offensive line is struggling against the Bills' defensive line. And all that—that's that. That's, that's, it, it—you it, can throw that by the wayside. This is going to be a much better offensive line than it was a year ago. The competition will will tell you that. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that it's you know, refurbished. Its wide receiver room got very much got a lot younger, a lot bigger faster in that July room, and here. faster. Uh, that's right. The running back room, completely refurbished. First-round draft pick with a guy, that a tight end that everybody wanted, and the, and he fell to the Bills. Actually, he didn't fall to the Bills. Bills jumped up and got him ahead of the Dallas Cowboys, who absolutely would probably have taken him uh, in the first round. Vaughn Miller coming back healthy. Tredavious White is 100%, actually 110% from where he was this time last year. Uh, Hyde, Poyer back. Poyer, remember, we didn't think Poyer was coming back. He's back. Bolstered behind them, Taylor Rapp, who's come in, who is a starter in the National Football League, competition with veteran starters who have come in from around the league, making everybody better. Um, Just um, a lot to be really intrigued about, and also a lot to feel really good and secure about the quality of the team. And of course, they've still got the same guy taking snaps.
0: Yes, I'm not surprised either, but for different reasons. And the and one of the main ones is. We've heard Sean McDermott, when he talks about the ideal team approach, and it's his contention, I think it's one of his core philosophies, that your team has to be balanced. You can't be this juggernaut offense and then a patchwork unit on defense. Uh, He even pays particular attention to the special teams phase of the game. You can't not have core veteran special teamers that you trust out there every single week. You can't not have a top five kicker. Right. You know, these are things that if you look at some of the other clubs, like I know people talk about the Eagles having the best roster and all of this, and they are a very balanced club, offense, defense, special teams. The chiefs were patching it together with rookies last year on defense. They made it work because they've got a veteran coordinator and Steve Spagnuolo but more often than not, they're outscoring people to win. That's right. They don't have, in my opinion, the same kind of balance that the Bills have offense, defense, special teams. And it's reflected in the Football Power Index numbers. Cincinnati has had the, f- the good fortune of being early in their build, quarterback on a rookie contract, not for long, and that's allowed them to spend in other places. This year, knowing they had to pay the quarterback, they let their two starting safeties walk out the door. Right. In free agency, they're putting that together with a second-year first-round pick from a over, over 2022 draft, and they got you know a veteran free agent filling the other hole. So, how's that defense going to look? My point is, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have somehow, some way, even in the midst of a giant quarterback contract, manipulated the roster and the salary cap to still keep this team's roster strong in all three phases to the point where I feel
1: confident they can be one of the best teams in the league because of
0: what they have collectively.
1: And I'll say this too, the the balance thing that you said and of course everybody's going, "Well, the Chiefs did it with all offense and they patchwork work together defense and they won the whole thing." Yep. <clears throat> the the key is and I get it, you want to go for it and you want to win the whole thing every year, no question. Particularly when you've got Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, all the you know, you got a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers in New York, you got to you got to make a play for it every year. And get good enough. And to do that, you got to plow through the regular season. And you've got to find ways to win games a multitude of ways. Now, the Chiefs are, you know, with Mahomes and their offense, and Andy Reid is the head coach and being an offensive coordinator like he is, you know, that's the way they've done it. Now, you know, they – and power to them. They're doing it their way, and they've got a nice – their defensive coordinator is very good. They've got a couple of star players, though. Uh, Chris Jones, they've, they've got some guys. They're sort of not totally bereft of talent. But I think the, you've got to plow through a regular season and find different ways to win games. And if you've got a balanced roster, you can do that in more ways because if you get a team, a, a week where your offense stumbles or you get an injury here or an injury there, you can win games yeah, with a balanced roster. A, can you lean on your defense you, to carry you, you through That's sometimes. right. And a, ba- a balanced roster gives you the chance to do that. And With the unpredictability of the future, which it is, Mm -hmm. you want to cover all your bases. And that's what most of these teams do. And I think Kansas City, in a perfect world, would have done that as well.
0: Well, and they're much better off now after the rookie investment in their defense last year. Those guys were making plays come the playoffs. So they they took a risk early in the season, hoping their offense could cover the bases enough to keep winning football games. That worked. And now they got some young players with very valuable experience on rookie deals who are going to be in their second year and know a whole lot more about how this league works than last year. Although the jets and dolphins are not right behind the bills in this preseason football power index from ESPN.com. Both teams are ranked in the top 10. The jets rank sixth with a net strength rating of 3.2 dolphins rank in a three-way tie with a net strength rating of 3.0 with the chargers and Cowboys. The AFC East Steve is the only division with three teams in the top ten of this preseason football power index. How eye-opening is that? That the advanced analytics say the Jets and Dolphins are not far off.
1: Yeah, it's not a surprise, I don't think. I mean, we tend to sit back here and look at the division a lot anyway. And, and you got six games against three other teams. Um, you should. It doesn't surprise me. Um, we talk about them all the time. The Jets are the center of every offseason conversation ever since the before and after the Aaron Rodgers trade. Hard Knox is, is rolling along. Uh, the Jets are the centerpiece of the conversation around the NFL. So you knew, that, you knew they had a nice roster. You knew they even had a roster last year. Uh, we'll see if it's just as simple, if they can keep it all together around the quarterback who they just unplugged and then plugged a new one in. We'll see if it's just that simple uh, to keep it together in New York. Uh, perhaps it will be. Miami was a good team last year, particularly when Tua was healthy. Their offense was humming. For about a month and a half during the middle of the regular season last year before Tua went down with his second injury, they were singing. I mean, they were really humming along, and that gives, that gives pause to a lot of teams. They're just a handful to defend. So, yes, you figure Miami and the Jets are going to be in the top ten of the power rankings around the league most of that top 10 is going to be AFC teams because of the quarterbacks that are playing and the, and and also some defenses that are around the league as well, the AFC. Yeah, I, I think
0: the general consensus that is out there that the Jets and Dolphins have closed the gap on the Bills is legitimate, and I think it's reflected in these football power index metrics. At the same time, though, I think what people are neglecting is the fact that The Bills roster got better also. That's been largely overlooked. And so while the Jets and the Dolphins, I think, are closer to the Bills in terms of the caliber of clubs they are, I don't know if they've met them at the line to meet. You know, I I still think the Bills are a cut above. And I think that will be reflected in how things play out this year, assuming there aren't other variables jumping in there, like catastrophic injuries to key players, things of that nature. Uh, The Bills experienced that in spades last year. Hopefully, knock on wood, that is not the case this year. So the true caliber and capabilities of this team are realized, not only in the regular season, but the postseason as well. Perhaps not surprising, Steve, is seven of the top ten clubs – in this football power index are from the AFC Conference. Only three teams, the defending NFC champion Eagles, the aforementioned Cowboys, and the San Francisco 49ers are the only NFC clubs in the top 10 of this preseason football power index. Does that feel right, seeing those three teams in the top 10?
1: Yeah, the Cowboys maybe are the one that is a little bit of a stretch. The Niners have got a a defense and and an offense that are, Powerhouses and one of the best play and, callers. Yeah, in the Yeah, and league. a great play caller as well. And of course, the Eagles have, a, as you said, strong roster and made it to the Super Bowl last year. Um, the Cowboys—they're a little bit of a wild card, right? a little bit. And and plus, they always look good. And and Jerry Jones and the crew down there—they put together a really good roster. There's talent, they, no question. They, yeah, they they put some horses out there, but it seems they're forever underachieving. Yeah, they can't pull it all together. Exactly. there's Something something always sabotages their momentum or their – I don't know what it is. Something always happens. So whatever that may be, that's why you always think, I don't know. It's kind of like a prove it to me. Uh, certainly they've got some talent, no question about it. Uh, their cap is going to be in a better place here with the jettisoning Ezekiel Elliott and the big contract that he had that's going to give him some space and you got the do better some back things. starting now in Tony yes. Pollard. Uh, a better so player. I'm so I'm the 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 Cowboys always do a lot of things well but they're chronic underachievers and that's uh. why it's hard to say I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I think the Niners and the Eagles most definitely belong in the top 10 in terms of trying to rate the net strength of these teams. I think a lot of people are of the opinion that the Eagles have one of the best rosters in football. I would argue it's the best roster in the NFC. 49ers aren't far behind. And now that it looks like Brock Purdy is going to be ready to roll week one coming off the elbow surgery, I think it only enhances uh, their place in the top 10. Yeah. So those are kind of the forces to be reckoned with in the NFC. So I, I think they unquestionably... Belong in that category. Perhaps not surprising, uh, the most daunting thing: nine of Buffalo's games this season's team <laughs> mm-hmm. are against teams in the top ten of this football power index, and six of those nine are away games.
1: Now, they, they the play Bills, all of them. They play every other team in the top. The 10.
0: Bills have shown that you know they can they can win on the road. They did a good job of it last year, but Kansas City, number one team in the football power index, we know the Bills have to go on the road and play them. Philadelphia, number three, got to go on the road and play them. Cincinnati, number four, got to go on the road and play them. Two against the Jets, one obviously on the road, they're ranked number six, and four games against the three teams tied for seventh. Chargers, Cowboys, and two against the Jets, as we mentioned. So, oh, man. I mean, while we all acknowledge it is a week-to-week league, the Bills are going to be playing a lot of games against the perceived elites, in the NFL this fall, might this year's schedule be the most challenging the Bills have seen in the McDermott
1: era? Yeah, perhaps it remains to be seen because some, as we as we know, it's a weekly, weekly league, and some of these teams are going to fall away, and some of them are going to rise up. But there's no question the entire division: Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Patriots. They play the NFC East and the AFC and the AFC West. West. Yeah, it's. It's a gauntlet now. The only, yeah, now may, you could make a case for the North being a really tough division because you kind of perceive maybe Pittsburgh's going to bounce back a little bit this year, although they won nine games last year. Yeah, but um, you got to play the first place team in that division because you finished in first place, that's and that's right. Cincinnati. Right, So you got to play Cincinnati again, uh, and you got to play Jacksonville, and play Jacksonville, who won the AFC South. So against. yeah, it, you're not getting any breaks. This is it is a tough schedule from this end of the schedule before we start the season. <laughs> It's a bear. It's a bear. It's a bear. But that's the same for the Jets and the same for the Dolphins. That is fact. You can make the case that it's harder for the Jets and Dolphins because they play us, and we play them. Yeah, see what I'm saying? But they do get the out of playing
0: second and third place schedules. That is right. With the AFC North and the AFC uh, South, so you know they could be playing Indianapolis or Houston or Pittsburgh. You know, Cleveland. So you, you'd rather play those teams than a Cincinnati right. or an up-and-coming Jacksonville squad, right? for sure. It's tough. I mean, I know we've talked about it on our daily show, One Bill's Live, Steve. Week 11 to 16 is a stretch. Yes, I is. mean, the only saving grace in that stretch is a bye week between the road games against Philadelphia and Kansas City. But two of their longest road trips of the season – are in November and December at KC and then a couple of weeks later, right before Christmas, at the Chargers in L.A. So, right. yeah, it is strap in.
1: I mean, it is going to be yeah, they, a toughie, man. I, will, I know we're going to talk about it in a moment, but the, you know that they do get a little bit after the 9-11 game in New York against the New York Jets and Aaron yeah. Rodgers. They get the Raiders and, and the Commanders. Um, so they do get... Those two teams that are in total rebuild mode, but you're right that the weeks 11 through 16, if it weren't for the bye, that might be the toughest schedule, toughest stretch for any team in the league. Yeah. Uh, as Steve
0: mentioned, the lowest-rated team in the Football Power Index that the Bills face in this season are the Washington Commanders. They rank 21st, and then the Raiders right ahead of them at 20th, who the Bills play in week two and week three respectively. We turn now to an exercise we like to call these three things. Seeing that the Football Power Index sees the Bills being an elite team again this season, the focus of these three things this time around is what three ways will the Bills be a better club this season? Steve, this could be personnel, this could be coaching, this could be any number of variables that impact how the team plays on game day. So what would be your three things that you would list as why the Bills will be a better club
1: this season? I think they'll be better – well, I think they'll get more sacks. I think they'll have fewer drops in the receiving game. Okay. Sacks, drops, and I will say – that's a good one. How about – I don't know. They're, gonna, they're pretty good in third down. I'll say sacks, drops, and I'll say mm, run game efficiency. Okay. I think it'll be a better running team than they were year I ago.
0: like those choices. I am kind of with you on the sack end of things. You're kind of pointing to more splash plays. I think Sean McDermott, as the play caller, will make this a little bit more of a difficult defense to figure out. I think they will be more unpredictable. The last few years... Under Leslie Frazier, who comes from the Tony Dungy coaching tree. Granted, he did coach under Andy Reid as well, but he did—he was coached under Tony Dungy too. He comes from kind of the Tampa two line. Our guys up if they're talented, and just keep it simple and let the talent shine on the defense. We're not trying to fool anybody with scheme. I think Sean McDermott, who comes from the Jim Johnson school of defense under, you know, the Andy Reid staff of the Eagles, is going to dial up some pressures. Some exotic looks, and I think that will lead to what you're talking about more sacks, hopefully more turnovers as well. So that's one reason why I think the club will be a better one this season. I think their passing game will find, or maybe rediscover is the better word, more diversity. It got a little stale in the second half last year, and it's one of the reasons why we talk about it all the time on One Bills Live that the offense at times looked like a heavy lift later in the season last year. It got a little static. It got a little, I don't want to say one-dimensional, but the, the creativity and the diversity of the offense was compromised uh, last year due to some changes that were made in the lineup. So I think with what they've added, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, Dalton Kincaid, the passing game will be more diverse. And then the third reason why I think they're a better club, this is a deeper roster. Mm-hmm. Last year, with all the injuries they sustained, I think it pointed Brandon Bean and his personnel department in the direction of we can't just have a good roster of frontline players because if injury strikes, we don't want to be hosed or at a disadvantage. And I think they really set out to make this roster deeper, but with talented depth, Puna Ford and Leonard Floyd are starting on 31 other teams in the league. They might be rotational players yeah. here.
1: And Taylor, Rapp Taylor as Rapp's well. another example.
0: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned him already. And there's some on the offensive side of the ball, too. David Edwards. I mean, Latavius Murray Latavius averaged 4.4 yards a carry last year for Denver. And he might be the third back on this team. Right. So I, the deeper roster has me convinced that some of the adversity we saw them have to go through last year, if some of that crops up again this season, I think they are better equipped to not only handle it, but remain the high-caliber team that we know them to be. All right, we spin things over now to the numbers game, where Steve will be quizzed on rookie tight end Bill's history. Taylor Kincaid has been tearing it up in training camp. Dalton Kincaid. What did I just say? Taylor Kincaid. Taylor Kincaid? What the heck is wrong with me? Dalton Kincaid... (laughs) has been tearing it up in training camp, leading many to believe he could break some rookie receiving marks in Bill's team history. So, Steve, are you ready here? Yeah. This is kind of a – I'm just going to warn you, this is a sordid.
1: <laughs> yeah, because
0: rookie tight ends in Bill's history, it's not a stellar list. It is not. But uh, we're, we're going to plow ahead anyway. Let's fire up the music. Question number one of this week's numbers game, Steve. How many receiving yards – Does Dalton Kincaid need to break the rookie record for a Bills tight end?
1: Rookie record, tight end. Rookie record, tight end, receiving
0: yard. He doesn't need nearly that much. Really? 450. That would work. The correct answer, he just needs 403 yards (gasps) to break the... Right? 403 yards. Yeah. Question number two. Can you guess who is the all-time rookie receiving yardage record holder for a Bills tight end with 402 yards?
1: Keith McKellar. Incorrect. Man, that was a quick buzzer. Uh.
0: I'll give you a got hint. A Dawson Knox. It's not Dawson. Knox. Uh, it is Tony Hunter. 402 receiving yards in 1983. The guy that, 1983. Was taking, guy that was taking two spots ahead of Jim Kelly when they oh, had the 12th and 14th picks. All right. Question number three. How many receptions do you think Dalton Kincaid needs to break the rookie record for a Bills tight end? How many receptions do you think he needs? 43. That's a good guess. The answer was 37. Mm. Okay. That okay. was close. Again, then. the record holder, Tony Hunter. 36 mm-hmm. receptions in 1983. How many touchdown catches do you think Dalton Kincaid needs to break the rookie record for a Bills tight end? Seven. Doesn't need that many. Really? Less? Five? Five is the answer. He needs just five. Okay, so I don't think you're going to get this. Can you guess the record holder with four touchdowns as a Bills rookie tight end? The hint here is the year was
1: 1980 Mark Bramer.
0: boom Steve you got it I was not expecting that that Steve that is an exclamation point answer there well done I am impressed I didn't think you'd get that how do you how the hell do you know Mark Bramer? was he
1: still here when you got here nope no he wasn't no nope. wow I saw him at the Alumni Golf Tournament last weekend. I was like, maybe Mark Bramer's the guy. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Steve got a cheat sheet without even realizing it at the time that last week running into Mark Bramer was going to help him in the numbers game. That is amazing. That is amazing. I am stunned and pleasantly surprised. Truly
1: a supernatural a, occurrence. A
0: super finish in the numbers game this week by Steve Tasker. That is fantastic. All right, just for... Giggles here. Here is your top 10 rookie tight end list for For the Bills. Yards or catches or touchdowns. We're going to go with receptions and just try to keep it simple. Number one on the list, Tony Hunter, as we Mm -hmm. mentioned, 36 in 1983. Number two is Dawson Knox, 28 in 2019. Tied for third, the aforementioned Mark Brammer Mm -hmm. and Jay Remersma, 26 each in 1997, 1980, respectively. This was a shocker. Fifth on the list, Jason Kroom with 22 receptions in 2018. I mean, he was here and gone. And then sixth on the list, Sean Nelson, a 2004 fourth-round draft choice out of Southern Mississippi, 17 receptions in 2009. Pretty crazy to see that list. Great job in the numbers game, Steve. It was a nice finish. That was a great finish. Hey, Bills fans, get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Just download the app today, play it any way you want. Plus, with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings fast. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the Buffalo Bills. Okay, here is our one burning question. You heard the rookie tight end records for a Bills player In the passing game, when we just finished the numbers game with Steve, based on what you've seen thus far from Dalton Kincaid in training camp, do you believe he'll be able to put together the stat line that would give him the records in all three categories? Basically more than 36 catches, more than 402 yards, and more than four touchdowns. Do you think he makes Um, it a
1: triple crown sweep? Yeah, he could. An extra game these days. Yep, 17 Um, games, right? You know, Dawson Knox is actually a, a detriment to him getting that. True. But I think because he's more the slot guy rather than the inline tight end guy, maybe that happens. It's a, 36 receptions is a big number. That's two a game, essentially,
0: if he stays healthy for right, all seven. Right, right, right.
1: Well, but he'll have some – one of these games will have five. Yeah, I would say absolutely he I could. Think he and could plus, with, yes, I think he could sweep this. Yes, I think there's every possibility he could. I mean, he th- could. these are not – Especially, you know, the easiest one probably is the four touchdowns because the red zone is, is really where you'd like, like the big targets. So, yeah, I could, I could see it.
0: I, I think he could sweep it. I really do. I think the receptions is going to be a cakewalk. Do you? Yeah. I think he could have 45
1: to 50 mm.
0: quite easily. Um, the yardage,
1: that you know, might be a little tricky. If he gets tricky. 45 or 50, he's going to get it because he's not going to average. Average ob- 10 yards of reception? A little, He'll probably average – Seven to nine yards per reception. Yeah, so if you get 45, you're there. Right. Um, and then the touchdowns, I'm, I'm in agreement with you.
0: I mean, Knox could siphon some away from him. So, too, could Diggs, as we know, and Davis. I mean, it's not like this team is devoid of capable red zone targets. He's a pretty attractive one, though, based on what we've seen yeah. in training camp. Our closing figure ends where we start it. ESPN.com's Football Power Index also uses metric data to determine a team's strength of schedule for 2023. The Bills have the third toughest schedule according to advanced metrics. Kansas City is second, and those two teams aren't surprising knowing they're playing first-place schedules. But at the top of the list in strength of schedule, Steve, your New England Patriots. Yowzer! Not the year! To have the toughest schedule in football, but there's Bill Belichick and the boys with a gauntlet staring them in the yeah, face.
1: They've got to play the six games against the, against the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets. And then the NFC East. And the easy NFC East, AFC West. And the only thing that saves them is the fourth-place schedule. Yeah. That is it. Because there's nothing else coming to help them. They have no help coming. There's something... They're going to play... What are they Strangely play? delicious about yeah. that, though. Strangely.
0: Yeah. That'll yeah. do it for this edition. Please remember to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use so you know when our next episode is coming your way. And remember, when you need to know about the bills, you need to check bills by the numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time, everybody.